Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Welcome back. This is Sister Annie's Day uh, with Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life. And it's an incredible blessing and gift to be here uh, at the Supreme Convention, the 141st Supreme Convention. And I have the joy now of sitting down with Archbishop Lori, uh, who has been a beloved friend uh, and good shepherd uh, with, with our community, the Sisters of Life. And I know we have felt his uh, encouragement, um, his spiritual fatherhood, grow the life of our community and flourish our missions. Uh, but he also serves as the Supreme Chaplain for the Knights of Columbus. And it's a tremendous honor uh, just to sit down and uh, good afternoon, uh, Archbishop Laurie. How are you? I'm doing well, sister. Good afternoon to you. Oh, my goodness. And the convention, I don't know about you, but being here is actually filling my heart with incredible encouragement, um, strength, just to see so many good men. We literally are watching 200 <laughs> Knights of Columbus walk in formation down the hall. This is a, a live way of doing a podcast. It's pretty incredible. It really is. Um, the convention, of course, begins tomorrow, but uh, over the weekend, and especially today, uh, everyone gathers, and you experience really the fraternity of the mm -hmm. Knights as they see one another, and also their wives and family members. Yeah. It really is uh, a most happy occasion every year and I think we're expecting a very wonderful convention this year yeah it's you feel it in the air actually and the mm -hmm. the spirit of unity which I know is a pillar of the Knights of Columbus and fraternity to be welcomed into that as a sister uh, is incredible and to witness um, how long have you served as Supreme Chaplain oh I've been the chaplain the Supreme Chaplain a long time wow. since uh, 2005 um, my first convention was in Chicago, mm -hmm. and we had a Eucharistic Congress after that Supreme Convention, and we uh, had a Eucharistic uh, procession mm -hmm. through Grant Park. So they started me off right, Unbelievable. and I've stuck around a long time. Unbelievable. And well, and what... What has been at the heart of your heart as you have served in this role? And um, what have you received through uh, um, your good shepherding? Uh, one great, great blessing was coming to know Blessed Michael McGivney, mm. um, to come to appreciate his path to the priesthood, mm. the challenges he faced uh, coming uh, up, uh, through an Irish immigrant family in Connecticut in the 19th century, um, the delays in his ordination because of the death of his father, wow. and then the type of parish priest he was, uh, very practical, very hardworking, but also very prayerful mm. and reaching out you know, to his parishioners, understanding their needs, mm loving, as we say, the widow, the outcast, the orphan, um, and recognizing how his priesthood has been writ large in the Knights of Columbus, starting out with just 
12 men in the basement of St. Mary's in New Haven. It's incredible. And now well over 2 million members and still faithful to the vision of Father McGivney. Yes. Um, providing for families, um, financial security, but also helping men to be good husbands, fathers, and Catholics. Wow. And we're still at it uh, all these years later. It's, which is, I would say, I can I witness firsthand uh, to see the families here, to see the joy, to see. I mean, honestly, the goodness of the men here is uh, reviving my hope. Uh, and each, and it's actually the continuity of the gift of the Spirit. I can I can experience it in each night of Columbus that I speak to. They're men of intentionality, of faith, uh, and it's an incredible thing because it sounds like too. Uh, Father McGivney has been an inspiration to you, Archbishop Laurie. But I also I witness the same things uh, in the way that you have led the church, uh, mm-hmm. not only uh, here in the Knights of Columbus, but also your your work in the pro life movement. Um, and I wonder, um, gosh, what's at the heart of your of your inspiration? Uh, as you have served in that fat facet uh, of the life of the church? Um, of course, um, I grew up in a family mm-hmm. that uh, treasured mm-hmm. human life. I had a brother with special needs. Wow. Uh, and as I watched mom and dad, and, and my mom is still with us, she's 103. But as I God watched mom and dad care for my brother, mm-hmm. Uh, I think it did two things for me. It, it, it gave me a heightened appreciation uh, for the gift and beauty of human life, and particularly human life that maybe the world doesn't see the beauty in, but mom and dad did. Wow. Um, and I think it also helped inspire my priestly vocation to see that form of self-giving. And so um, that was one influence. Um, I think uh, another great influence um, was my work with the Knights of Columbus. Uh, I became a knight as a young priest. And I think one of the very first things I learned about the Knights was this bedrock dedication to the sanctity of life, to Mm. the ending of legal abortion Mm -hmm. uh, in the United States uh, and beyond. And then I think a third um, tremendous influence was uh, St. John Paul II and the Gospel of Life. I remember reading that as soon as it came out, and I put it down and I said, this is the best thing on human life since the New Testament. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. And I would say it's our SV playbook, Um, the gospel of life. If you haven't read it, uh, the vision, uh, how John Paul II addresses every level and layer. I mean, there's philosophical, the theological, but also the the social and calling out the world, really, uh, to to be at the service of life and to appreciate the dignity of of each and every human person. But also so beautiful to hear about your brother. What's your brother's name? My brother's name was was Frank Francis. Wow. We called him Frankie. Frankie died some years ago, yeah. but um, wow. he was my older brother, wow. and um, he was it was a challenge, a big challenge. But Frankie was also a great gift. Wow! See, and that's a it's a powerful 
to be in a school of love like that. Um, yeah. It sounds like he was a good older brother and taught you uh, the important things of life. Very much so. Very much so. I think another big influence was, in fact, the founding of the Sisters of Life. Really? At the time, I was Cardinal Hickey's pre-secretary. Mm -hmm. And I remember distinctly um, uh, Cardinal O'Connor's visiting with Cardinal Hickey mm -hmm. and telling him about this. Wow. And just sitting there in amazement. And then as I came to know your sisters, the Sisters of Life, and worked with them, Wow. Um, it was uh, a wonderful encouragement to uh, mm. to deepen my commitment to the cause of life. Well, it goes both ways, Archbishop Lori, because I know having um, good shepherds uh, and men of the church believe in us is what has ennobled us to grow and to flourish. And we have felt you behind us at every step of the way. And we re really do live it out of a debt of gratitude. Uh, uh, because we, there's a complementarity that uh, has to be lived, and I know we've experienced that so so deeply in you um, through your your spiritual fatherhood and encouragement, um, not only in the the diocese of Bridgeport when you were there, but also in your service uh, at, in the pro life secretariat, and um, an incredible gift to receive that. Yeah. Uh, well, and I wonder, um, and perhaps uh, a last question. As we look forward, you know, we're in a, a post-row uh, culture and society. Uh, where do we need to place ourselves? Uh, and where do we need to, to turn our commitment over uh, to? I know you spoke about the primacy of God and God's love and, and a beautiful homily you gave uh, last night. But, uh, yeah, where do we place ourselves moving forward? Um, a couple of ideas. First, as the psalm says, if the Lord does not build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Mm -hmm. um, we have to uh, entrust the pro-life movement again and again to the God of love and of life, mm -hmm. uh, to the Blessed Virgin Mary, mm -hmm. to St. Joseph, who yeah. protected the Holy Family and fostered the life of the child Jesus. Yeah. I think we have to uh, anchor, continually anchor the um, pro-life movement in, in the Eucharist and part of the Eucharistic revival that's going on in the United Amen. States. I think prayer is always first and foremost. Mm -hmm. A second thing, though, something I think we bishops learn from the Sisters of Life mm -hmm. is care for mother and child. So mm -hmm. when the villa opened up yes. in Stamford, Connecticut, and I was uh, Bishop of Bridgeport at the time mm -hmm. and had a modest role in that beautiful yeah. grace-filled event the first thing you learn the first thing you observe is how the sisters of life love women in difficult uh, circumstances mm -hmm. difficult pregnancies yes and so you cherish both the mother and the child and i think it turns out that this solidarity of mother and child and this recognition mm -hmm. of the relationships uh, that mother and child have, even the child in the womb mm -hmm. was already mm -hmm. bound together by a series of relationships. Yes. This really helps 
to persuade Catholics who are not fully pro-life or who are skeptical or taken in by the culture to open their mind and heart to the God-given gift of human life, to its truth and its beauty. And I think that's a a tremendous thing. A third thing, uh, and I was chair of pro-life when the Dobbs decision came down last summer. Wow. And um, what was that like? <laughs> I was pretty challenging. I was wow. happened to be in Ober Amagao when the news came down, and Father Tyler, my priest secretary, said to me, "You have to leave now." <laughs> and I went to the hotel room, and and we had a, what's called a scrum. We had uh, qualified women who uh, mm. we all came on a Zoom together. And I was with them. And then we did um, press interviews for quite a long time. It was, it was a good thing to do. Yep. But in many ways, we've entered a, a new and very challenging um, phase of the pro-life movement. Hmm. We won a victory, but we've not won the battle. Yep. And we have uh, Ohio coming up. A, big ballot initiative there uh, and in many other states afterwards we need a win and so I think it's important for us uh, to be full throttle on our pro-life commitment going down the road this is not the time to declare victory prematurely so it sounds like Everyone needs to get off the bench and and give their gift at the service of life. For sure. For sure. And uh, and that is, um, I think you've mentioned a number of things. The Gospel of Life, uh, this beautiful document John, uh, John Paul II wrote, it's like, if you're wondering how to do that, my sense is, read that document, and I think you'll emerge, uh, not only, again, that summons, uh, being called forth by God, and being aware, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to your heart the unique gift that you have to give uh, at, at, the, at the service of life, uh, because we need everyone. I think so. I think it's important uh, for parishioners hmm. um, to bear witness to the sanctity of life, uh, certainly by prayer, but also by volunteering at pro-life pregnancy centers, uh, by also the program that the um, bishops put out, Walking with Moms in Need and Mm -hmm. the ASAP program of Mm -hmm. the Knights of Columbus. Mm -hmm. These are practical ways. And when you get involved and you get others involved, including people on the fence, they are won over. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, a matter of uh, prayer and involvement to the extent possible. Amen. And... uh, when it's done at the parish level, very, very persuasive. Amen. Wow. Wow. Archbishop Lori. It's, and even what you're describing is the mission of the Knights of Columbus. It's, it's faith in action. It's charity in action. It's, um, it's both the, the dimension of prayer, but then it's expressing uh, the fruit of that prayer, which is practical love and support and uh, yeah. extending ourselves in self-gift as Christ did. So, wow. Archbishop Laurie, it's a gift to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, you're not just a good shepherd. You are a great shepherd of our church. And we 
uh, looked to you and have looked to you for many years. And we thank you for your fidelity, for your long suffering, for your perseverance. Uh, and uh, yeah, suffering, suffering with the church as she finds her way uh, through uh, beautiful but difficult times. And yeah. you've been a light in and through all of that. So uh, I know each of the Sisters of Life would, would want to thank you. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks to the Sisters of Life for the beautiful witness, mm -hmm. the youthfulness. It's a, you're such a bright light in the church. Thank you. Well, and it's, it's God's gift to each of us. What a joy it is to serve the Lord. Amen. God bless and keep you, Archbishop Lori. And uh, we'll be back with you uh, with more. Um, God bless and keep you. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.